let's get straight into it. In the last chapter, we dealt into communication in general and the three steps I use for meetings and discussions. These are steps that form part of the interaction spaces I've talked about throughout the season of exposing the introvert leader. As a leader, I believe that it is my job to create spaces for my team to work and ultimately thrive. Interaction spaces are safe places where everyone in a team can work and communicate with respect. These communications can be about good or bad things, discussion about things that went well or criticisms about things that are not right. Admittedly, I cannot claim to always be successful in this, but as mentioned, it is a work in progress. It needs consistency and commitment from the leader and inspiration for the rest of the team to follow suit. In this final chapter of season one of the podcast, I want to talk about feedback and why it's critical to the success of teams and organizations. Let's start with a story. I had a particular person in my team who is really good at their work, but is really poor at reporting back to the rest of the team until it's late in the day, which is annoying everyone. This is because when they do see the work, there are many things that could have been picked up much earlier. Having an almost finished piece of work, then having to go back and make corrections at the end of the day usually takes more time, which delays everyone else's work the next day, as we now had to allocate more time to finish it up. Not doing anything would ruin the team's morale and spirit, because it just saps everyone's energy to try to work around this one person's habit. And in reality, it does slow down the entire workflow as well, which is bad for business. Well, the obvious thing is to tell the team member that what they're doing is wrong and ask them to do better. The question is, how? There are good and bad ways of giving criticisms. The obvious thing not to do is to go up to the person's desk and tell them off right in front of everyone because that would just be obnoxious and not to mention aggressive and embarrassing for the person. Kim Scott of Radical Candor fame has a really good graph chart that breaks down feedback into four quadrants. To simplify it, on the left of this chart where you move towards not giving feedback or caring about giving feedback, you end up being ruinously empathetic to the person who needs feedback or just manipulatively insincere. On the right, where you move towards giving feedback, you can be obnoxiously aggressive where you criticize with no thought about how it can help the other to grow. Or you can also be radically candor, which is to provide feedback from a place of caring for the person's well-being and growth. Both obnoxiously aggressive and radically candor feedback are timely, but the difference is what you want the other to achieve. Radical candor, which is what you want to do as a good leader, is being direct about the problematic action or behavior, and not the personality of the person. In other words, your feedback, whether it's praise or criticism, should be about tackling an action or behavior, not attacking the person or the personality. It sounds pretty obvious, especially if you're coming from a place of care. You want the person to improve by pointing out something that he or she is doing that is less than ideal for the team or the company or their chances of succeeding in the role or getting the promotion. So in the case of the team member I mentioned earlier, I could have just pulled the person aside to a private space and tell them that they are a problem for the rest of the team because of what he's doing. Which, while effective, makes me a meanie beanie because I just told the person that he was the problem. Let's change the framing of the criticism. I could bring that person to a private space and give him a clear observation of specific behaviours. For example, I could say, we've had a couple of issues with some of the projects you've been working on because we only get work in progress updates from you at the end of the day. And we're finding many little errors that could have been addressed at the start if we saw it earlier. 
So what has been happening is that we have had to shift the next day's schedule so that you can have time to make the changes. I also know that because of this, you're taking a longer time to make the changes because the errors affect the entire deliverable, which is frustrating for you. By framing the criticism with actions and behaviours, you can then provide tangible rectifications that can benefit both the team and that person. For example, you could say, So it would be great if we can get more updates from you so that we can already fix some of the issues early on, which will save you time because you don't have to backtrack to fix the issues. Let's plan to provide a work in progress update to the team at 12pm before you head out for lunch so that the team can review it and pick up issues early. Then again at 3 or 4pm to show the changes that have already been made and also other progress that have been made. I believe it will help all of us deliver this project on time. Notice that the suggestion to rectify the problem is immediately actionable by the person and allows them to realise, if they already haven't, that they can do better. Of course, the person receiving the criticism may not feel great or feel that they may be misunderstood. And that's where the two-way conversation starts. They could then tell you why they've been doing the things the way they've done it. And this will allow you to tweak or even adjust solutions to address the problem even more. Opening the criticism up to conversation hits the nail on the head and ultimately creates a better work environment. So talking about problematic behaviour or actions and not about the person is the difference. Actions and behaviours can be corrected through actionable steps and changes, but telling someone that they are a problem usually puts them on the back foot and forces them to be in a defensive stance. Unfortunately for me, I took the ruinously empathetic route, which is to wait till it's too late to give my feedback. Basically, I tried to ignore the problem justifying that the team has found ways to work around the problem anyway. When I did give my criticisms, he did take it on board and there was improvement after that. But what did happen in the end wasn't a finest hour for me, because his term contract had ended, and for various reasons we didn't need to renew his contract anyway. So the problem just went away. I'm not proud of it, but I did make sure that I learned not to repeat the same mistake with another colleague of mine. I addressed the issue and hit it on the head, but that's another story. Being candid and forward about criticism and praise in a caring manner is often a very difficult thing to do, and even more so if you're an introvert. I believe we often fall into the ruinous empathetic quadrant of the radical candor chart. It's in our nature not to say anything unless there's something good to say, and even then, we often don't say it. I personally justify not providing valuable feedback with reasons like, oh I'm sure someone else will tell them what's wrong, or I'm sure they realise they're being a pain, right? The truth is, no. People don't always have the insight that they're doing something that is causing pain to others, in a sense. It is not a character flaw, it's something that even introverts do, and it's hard to accept that behaviours, while perfectly fine for some, actually is a sore thumb for others. And everyone else may be too polite to address it, or may not want to upset the other person, so no one tells the offending person about the bad behaviour until it's too late. As humble leaders, it's our duty of care to ensure that we create spaces for everyone to thrive, and feedback is one of the key tools to do that. Everyone in the team should feel comfortable to give criticisms and feedback to others, including the leader. And if this is done right, everyone in the team will grow together because they are comfortable to point out flaws and quickly rectify mistakes. And as a result, performance of the team will increase. As mentioned in Chapter 4, this is not an easy thing to get right or implement, and will take time and constant work to get it right. A great place to start is to remember that feedback, like all communication, is a two-way street. As the saying goes, you got to take it as well as you give it. So I usually encourage my team, and I'm happy for them to give me feedback, 
and criticisms about things that I'm doing well or not. So to sum up the last two chapters of communication, which is a key function of a leader of a team, the leader drives the culture of how communication is done, especially with praises and criticisms. This is done by showing and explaining expectations of every communication. The framework to do this is provide a frame of what the conversation is about, then listen to what the others have to say, their opinions, observations, and suggestions. Ask more questions if you say anything that's unclear, or use the information to make better decisions. And at times, you probably need to go back to step one to reframe the conversation. You also need to give praise for great ideas or actions frequently. And criticisms should be about an action or behavior and not about the person. Most importantly, you have to take it as well as you give it. Communication is a two-way street. If you want to learn more about the idea of radical candor, which I highly recommend, go read the book from Kim Scott called Radical Candor. And full disclosure here, I've not been paid or given anything by any of the authors I've mentioned in any of the podcasts I've made. I only set out to take the best of what I've learned from them and from my own experience. This is the last chapter of season one of Exposing the Introvert Leader. I'm taking a break and returning to it in February of 2024 and evaluating what has worked and what hasn't and how I can present this story in a better way. So please give me feedback on what has worked and what hasn't or what you want to know more of. My email is franklyrollingheads at gmail.com. And if you found this podcast useful, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Have a wonderful rest of 2023 and we'll talk more next year.